0: Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today on Sense of Soul, we are super excited to have Dr. Rosie Kuhn, who is an international life and business coach, trainer, and speaker. She resides on Orcas Island in the San Juans with her sweet dog Grace. She's the author of many, many books that we're going to talk about today. She has documented her amazing journey through her awakening in her new book called I've Arrived, sort of. We are definitely excited to have you. And one of our most popular episodes was about awakening. So today we'd love to talk a lot about that with you. And it seems that our listeners are craving more of that. So perfect timing. Well, you're so welcome.
1: I love hanging out with people of like-mindedness, like-heartedness,
0: like-spiritedness. So thank
1: you for being able to do this with me.
0: A super fun book, a great read. I almost felt like it was like a daily devotional, like every day you could read one and then journal on it. I didn't start writing books until I was 55. So
1: I'm a late, late bloomer. And I've got three or four books in this series, the 101 series. None of them were meant to be daily devotionals they were just meant to be little snippets that would catch people and, and they could sit with or savor like you're saying maybe daily but it was it was just meant to be here's a truth the first book I wrote like that was called you know you're transforming when and that was 101 insights and things like that and that came automatically that came within like three hours I had 101 done it just like the download what? right yeah 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 I'm not kidding and that was such a surprise but it was such a delight at the same time so that people are finding them as daily devotionals is pretty untouched you know even mandy and you saying hey i read this and it's like oh my god and it's like oh my god you read it <laughs> it's like i'm touched so thank you for that let's see there's i've arrived you know you're transforming when the other uh, the, the the other two are in that series is if only my mother had told me or maybe i wasn't listening that's yeah. 101 pearls of wisdom I didn't get I love it and then the fourth one is called me capital m e which stands for miraculous existence and that is about what I didn't get in therapy and I was a therapist so it's like we're supposed to get lots of good stuff in therapy and we do but this stuff the spiritually oriented more human element I didn't get there so that's what that book is about so that's called me so those are those four Mandy and I had the same therapist
2: and she was amazing So well. Uh, I had three therapists in a row, right? The first one served her purpose. And then, and, and then when she left, I was like, no. And then the second one and she left and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to start all over. But my third one actually was the one who had first used the term empath with me. Hmm. She said, let's not call yourself codependent anymore. And I'd really like you to look up the word empath because that's kind of what I'm thinking. And the more you're calling yourself codependent, really, the more you are codependent. That was an excuse for everything. I'm codependent. (laughs) But I loved that she was the one who did that. And so I do kind of see a paradigm shift, which you talk about a lot in therapists and psychologists and psychology.
1: I I trained to be a marriage and family therapist, and I worked in recovery for about eight years in Nova Scotia for the province. There was so little spirituality in my training as a therapist, but working with people in recovery, I saw that the training that they were going through, the retraining, the reclaiming of themselves required a leap of faith into something greater than and that changed my life it was like they have something I want that (laughs) here I'm the the big I am and the big snow masters in and I was the big I am but I had nothing compared to what they had in terms of serenity that was a big kick in the head in a good way you know and and the beginning of a more awakened that's the the place that we're talking about the awakened place of going okay now I really have a trajectory now I really have a sense of
0: potentiality, if you will. So that's really important.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I'm in recovery and I'll tell you what, Bill and Bob, I love how humble they were because they didn't, they never asked, you know, they were more about being, you know, anonymous and man, they, they were some smart guys. I owe my life to them for that program and those 12 steps. And, and I loved how you talked about those 12 steps, you know, surrendering. And what does surrender mean to you, Rosie? You know we think it's really
1: hard (laughs) to surrender and sometimes it is but when it's hard it just means we're not ready yet if you will um when i could see and this is a really big part of the work i do as a transformational coach i help people see what the higher trajectory is you know i don't want to suffer i don't want to suffer it's not a very high trajectory okay in my case, I want what they've got. I want that sense of peace, that playfulness. I want that engaged connection with everybody and being able to be in service. I want that. Okay, great. What do you need to surrender? Oh, I got to give something up. Well, only if you want that, right? Only if you want that. It's that willingness to let go of what you think you're going to lose for something mm-hmm. that you really want. And in that way, there's no sacrifice at all because we're always only up leveling ourselves you know when we're playing some game i don't know what games because i don't play games on computers but we're always up leveling right and we don't go no 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 i want to stay back and beginner level (laughs) (laughs) right so we're always up leveling we always have this capacity to awaken to the next level to up level ourselves and Mm -hmm. part of it is that choosing and empowering ourselves and being supported by all of those who are supportive like you guys or our higher powers as in therapists or our higher powers as in the divine or what is unseeable. But there's also the empowered part of us that says, yes, I can make that change. Yes, Mm -hmm. I can think differently. Yes, I can train myself to do something different. We're up leveling our ideas and our way of thinking so that we can see the more masterful elements that somebody planned in this game, right? Somebody made this game. Yeah. And somebody made this game. Then I can create the capacity to meet them there. And that's yeah. the game of life is really lovely. Yeah, so. totally. So, you
2: know, Mandy and I came into our spiritual journey and our awakening different ways as most people do, but a lot of people do come through pain, pain to purpose, pain, you know, myself, I would say that I came into mind when I discovered self-love for myself. Yep. But in order to do that, I had to drop a lot of conditions, uh, generations of conditions in order to experience that raw self-love for myself. And Mandy, you can tell her how you did. And I'd be curious to find out um, how that came for you.
1: How did yours come about?
0: my i'm so dramatic and i had to like actually die a couple times to awaken <laughs> literally <I fuck>. yeah. <laughs> so um mine was through uh, two near death experiences and recovery yeah. yeah just to to plug a, an organization that's called
1: assist and it stands for uh, the american center for the integration of spiritually transformative experiences so it's assist.org And the reason I say that is because there's so many people like you who've had near-death experiences or other spiritually transformative experiences, but don't know how to integrate them and they just feel weird. And so this organization, assist.org, was created so that they could get help from therapists, coaches, ministers, those kinds of people to get some direction in a sense of clarity.
0: I can't tell you how relieved I am right now to hear about that because I have not been able to sleep lately worried about all these people that have been intubated through COVID and are going through that trauma and have probably left their bodies at some point like I did while I was in my coma and then you just get pushed out back into the world like thanks for saving my life but then you don't know what to do with all of that. It's been really heavy on me. We had Dr. Evan Alexander on a couple of days ago and I know he threw out a couple organizations, but I have not heard of this one. So again, thank you for throwing that out there because I wish that I would have had that. I was lost for years. Yeah. It's crazy making because you had this
1: amazing experience and nobody believes you and nobody wants to hear it. Nobody can, they don't know how, how to deal with that. So assist, dot org. I mean, yeah. that would have been a lifesaver. And that is just the thing. That's why we created Sense of Soul, because back
2: when there was nothing. I could, I could probably find two articles, if that, on Impass at the time, actually, back then. And they were very helpful, thank God. But really, I mean, it's a very confusing period. And that's actually was one of my questions I had for you, because how does one actually awaken and have like a normal life because I know for myself, I, we went through pain, physical pain, lots of emotions, not grounded at all at the time, you know, those are all things that had to
1: come with the journey as, as you as you're able to accept it. And I, um I did a podcast series called um, spiritual immersion taking the plunge. And it's really about those. Experiences where we think, oh, spirituality—it's going to be light and happy and awesome—and you know, like everything's infinitely pleasing when you wake up. It's like, no effing way. Yes, that's that uh, evolves and, and comes about, but that dark night of the soul, or that sense of craziness, or the sense of dark abyssness, as a client of mine says, the abyssness of that—it's like, what the, you know, because we don't have a context that holds the whole process. Um, my journey started when I was about 17 and I had a breakup with a boyfriend and I prayed to God and said make this better and nothing happened and I went again what the f and nothing seems to be helping I was in a lot of pain I was uh, isolated my parents there was no place to talk or anything like that so I just went in and it was dark and scary and suicidal and uh, I pulled myself through it. I don't know how I did that, but that was sort of that going through it, but not having a clue. And then in my thirties, another breakup with a boyfriend, it's all about breakups (laughs) for me. That breakup took me to another deep, dark dive. That was much like what you're saying. The physical agony of that was so intense. And I, I could work, I could go, I was a therapist at the time. I could go to work. I'd see my client, I'd go in the bathroom and I'd cry and fall apart. And then I'd go and see another client. In my 30s, where I saw what client, my clients were doing, they were no longer seeking that serenity outside themselves. They couldn't because it wasn't happening. They got smart. They yeah. would wait, wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> I need the fellowship. I need the community. I need that connection with like-minded people yeah. so that we can continue to support and empower each other to not do that. But mm-hmm. it's, so it's that both and and a bit of a dilemma because our people who are in a sense dependent or you know addicted almost to those twelve step programs because they are they they want that fellowship and that connection uh, mm-hmm. at the same time they are learning to to individuate and find their own sense of serenity from the inside out. Um, mm-hmm. But I had yeah. three specific deep dark uh, uh, processes. And the last was when I was about 55 I was it was about 11 years ago that was when I that was the uh, when I had the consciousness is what in which you guys are really creating is the conscious evolution the the awareness and here's what happens and here's what it's like here's the painful elements here's the the uh, abyssness here's the upness here's the delight here's the con- connection and community and the more that we do that then the more people go oh I can this is scary, but other people are doing it. For me, I'd have to go, oh, what what big gurus did it? Or what big spiritual teachers did this? Oh, I can, if they did it, I could do it. Why not, right? But when it yeah. becomes more every day, more normal to be doing this, and we're all doing it, we just don't know it, then, then it's more of a community. And we know to, where to reach out to each other to um, get that support and listen and go, oh yeah, they know this place. And, and uh, Mandy, that, and both of you in a sense are, um, are mentioning that element of recovery in a 12 step program. You know, those, I think those 12 steps are so fundamental in an almost 90, I'll say 99% of my clients, if not more, I work in a recovery model and the, and the 12 steps, because, because there's those places where we, we feel powerless and we go, oh, I can't feel that way. And I can't admit I'm powerless. It's like, that's the, that's the beginning of the true, and we're talking about surrendering. Surrendering that I'm not powerless is, is a, big, a big thing to surrender because we are. We're power, powerless over people, places, and things. And the more that we can admit some of those things, the greater and the e- easier it is to, I think, begin that awakening process and move into it and, and be excited about it, no matter how painful it is.
2: I love that, how you remind us that it's not just the gurus and and the big names and because me, Mandy and I, I always said, if I can do it, anyone can do it. You know, we're just two suburban mothers that are just sharing our stories so that other suburban mothers and other people and fathers and everything in between don't feel alone because it could be a very lonely place.
1: Absolutely. Especially when
2: you're questioning everything you were taught, everything that you were told to believe all of a sudden is up for
1: negotiation. (laughs) Right. There's a book that I use and have worked with for about 10 years. Uh, Among a a couple of the other books, this is my go-to, it's called Oneness by Rasha. And Rasha channeled this book. This is a a channeled book, Uh, but I've been working with this book and working with it and working at it. And it really is such a catalyst for me in so many ways. And the reason I bring it up right now One of the things it says in chapter two at the beginning is we are here to completely reject consensus reality. We are here to completely reject consensus view of reality. And when we do that, then it's like exactly what you're saying. It's like, what, how do we, what's left? If that, if we take away that, what's left? And that's the exploration. That's the journey. But we don't have to do it all at once, right? We don't have to take the whole bath and the baby and the soap and the sponge and throw it out. It's like, what can I see that doesn't work for me in this moment that I can shift? Yeah. And my relationship, my, my marriage in a sense, a second marriage when I was, it was like 2010. I could see the writing on the wall of where it was gonna go in terms of ending because I could see how I had to let go of a dynamic pattern of myself that was feeding mm-hmm. the negativity in the relationship. Look what I'm doing. And if I really look at this, this relationship's going to end. If I don't look at this, this is that dilemma that I'm always talking about in the YouTube video channel. I'm on uh, spiritual dilemmas is about that dilemma. If I don't look at this, this relationship is going to continue as it is. It will not grow. It will not change. It will not thrive. I will not thrive. But if I look at it and really own it, it's going to dissolve. And that's why I called my YouTube channel Spiritual Dilemmas because every question like that is a dilemma. If I do this, mm -hmm. this is going to change. If I don't do it, nothing's going to change and I'm going to suffer. I'm going to keep being in that state of suffering, settling, and surviving. you got to make a choice. It's a choice making. And that's the empowering place is like, wow, don't like this, but I'm not ready for that. Okay. And that's with everything. That's with everything. It's
2: with everything. Yeah. Not just in relationships. And we've been doing that forever, forever. Just deciding not to see it because it's either too painful or disappointing. It's a dilemma.
1: That's right. I mean, did
2: you ever feel like you wanted to just close your eyes again? Because I felt that way. Once my eyes had opened, once I had awakened, once that veil came off, I was like, oh no, everything is terrible around me everyone's it, you know no the whole world and i was like oh god i would
0: rather much just not look yeah let's just not look <laughs> it's hard to see things as they are shanna why do you think people that have had near death experiences long so much to go back to where they were which sounds so wrong because you're so grateful to be alive but your soul literally aches to go back to that yeah. presence of that divine love because yeah. when you come back and see things differently, you're like, oh no, 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 I hate this. Yes. In the assist program, you know, we hear
1: stories of people uh, who've had experiences. And this one woman, I think she was East Indian, and she said she had this near death experience and then came back and she was so angry because she said it's like being taken, a, a, a person from India being taken to Disneyland. And having the happiest place on the world, in the, you know, in the universe. And then you're dropped back down in the dung heap. That's what it was like for her. It was so excruciating to be amidst all of this pain and agony in the world. Yeah. yeah. But Jesus, I think he's a pretty wise guy, you know. He said, be in this world, but not of it. And that directs us to this place of being able to go, okay, there's so much suffering in the world. I am aware of that suffering. I'm doing this because it's like so much anguish to see the suffering and experience this. And this is what Buddha says. It's like, when you've got compassion, you can feel the suffering of other people, but you can still be distant from, you can separate yourself from that, but you're aware of that ache of other people, the anguish of other people. And that's what Jesus was saying is be in this world, but know yourself to have the ability to, in a sense, in the awakening process to uplift yourself so that you're more aware of what am I doing here? And what are each of us doing here? Oh yeah, I'm here to grow myself. I'm here to up-level myself over and over yeah. again. It's that place of like, oh my God, what am I doing here in the world of it? And now, now how do I shift my perceptions and beliefs so that I can do that?
0: In the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, they tell you that you you look around and you listen for your first couple meetings. You don't say anything. You just listen and just be. And then if someone talks and you continue to hear them come up and you want what they have, yes. then that's your person to go to, to be your sponsor. And it's the same in this. I want to tell our listeners, it's the same. If you see someone and you want what they have, that's your tribe. That's your new tribe. And if you're going through this awakening and it's confusing and it's sad and you're in that place of anger, that's what Rosie and Shannon and I are. We're your tribe. And if you, if you see someone you want what they have, don't be scared because you're giving them a gift by asking them to help you.
1: Yeah.
2: And you know, how do we deal with that though, Rosie? I would like to awaken everybody on this planet. <laughs> I want to shake them sometimes. And say, no, open your eyes. But you can't, you can't save the world. And I knew I figured out that because I wanted to save the world. I was trying to save the world. And it was exhausting. Yes. I knew that if I just focused on myself and maybe became the light, and it is true, you change yourself and everything around you changes too. But there are so many people in the world that are asleep. How do we deal with all of these sleeping people? Or how can, what can we do to
1: actually help them awaken? Or can we? My experiences and, you know, the readings and all is like, everybody is on their own path. Everybody is here to up level themselves. So if everybody's gaming, we can't say, oh, just do this, just do that, because they have to have the direct experience of doing whatever. And then it's like, oh, yeah, there it is. Right. So we can support and empower people to to game, if you will, in this game of life. Um, but we can't do it for them. And you guys being you, sharing your story, saying, yeah, you can up-level. We're up-leveling. And that's what we're here to do is up-level. Then people go, oh, okay. It's just, in a sense, a game. And if we see it that way, then we just keep up-leveling ourselves. And the more that we up-level ourselves, we're creating that capacity in the world to shift it if you guys did nothing more than just this if you will or be the presence of you on the planet as you are that resonance of that love and gift and compassion and knowing is just vibrating into the world you don't have to do anything more yeah In the miracles it says you can have the kind of day you want just let go of all those judgments just have the day you need to have see the world that you, in a way of saying no lack. You know, a person who's, la- who's gaming, they don't see any lack other than experience. I don't know how to do this. But if we get beyond that I lack nothing, if I lack nothing, these are my four big principles, takeaways from The Course of Miracles. If I, if I lack nothing, then I don't need to do anything. My life is complete today. And if that's true, now what? And the, then the fourth piece is, I will be told what to do. And I, do you find that true for you guys, that you're always told what to do sooner or later? If we listen. If we listen. <laughs> if we listen, that's a good point. <laughs>
2: you if know what's funny awareness. is like, I, I knew you were going to go. I knew you were going to go to the Course of Miracles. I, I just had like that, you know, intuitive moment. I was waiting. I was like, when is she going to? And I knew you were going to, which is so weird because nobody else has. Really?
0: So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I was going to say that awareness, like if I get caught up and I'm just barely getting by and I'm not practicing mindfulness, then I am not going to be listening and I won't be told what to do. So when I'm mindful and I look for the synchronicities and the signs and to, you know, those inner thoughts and those higher self thoughts into my guides and my spirits, then I, absolutely. But as a human, I find that I'm so dumb because I love that space, but then I continuously will slip back into that busyness of life. But now the difference is I give myself grace and I go, it's okay. Yeah. As where before I'd beat myself up into a place of you're not good enough. Right. So I've evolved, I've leveled up in that area. Yeah. A long
1: time ago, I uh, had a, a session with uh, this woman who could, could channel a guardian angel. Now, I have no idea of her name. I don't remember anything about it. It was about 20 some years ago. And um, as she's talking to me or sort of channeling this guardian angel piece, um, and I would say, she would give me information. I'd go, thank you. And they'd say, no, thank you. And I'd go, yeah, I'm just me. I'm just a stupid you know, person. And, but it was over and over again that they would thank me. And I said, why are you, why are you thanking me? And they said, because you listen to us. We're talking, we're giving guidance, we're supporting, we're doing all this stuff and people don't listen to us. So we stop talking. I, I didn't go like, oh, isn't that great? Aren't I great? It was like, wow, that's, I mean, it was just humbling to know how hard it is for people to let go of their ego structure, we'll call it that, that small self place of fear-basedness and aren't open to the capacities of guidance and light and love that is always, always. Uh, So that was really helpful to go, God, I got to (laughs) keep literally God, I have to keep listening for that and Mm -hmm. practice listening because it's so easy to shut that down and go, oh my God, look at how sucky everything is. Look at how horrible things yeah. are. So horrible. Yeah. Go back into the grayness of it. And I go, nope, nope. Um one of the terms that oneness uses is um you know really living into into what's infinitely pleasing. And so for us to to again in a sense imagine up leveling into this place of what is infinitely pleasing for me. You know, I'd love to have a house. I live in a travel trailer. 35 feet it's it's beautiful but it's still a travel trailer right i'd love to up level to a house and that would be infinitely pleasing but it's not the house that would be that or the money that would be that it's the those are just vehicles for what is infinitely pleasing within me that experience that we were talking about earlier of owning it for myself. I'll find happiness. Like what we say is, oh, I'll, I'll be happy when I have that car or I'll be happy when I have children or when I have that dog, or, when I have that whatever. It's not that anymore. It's okay. And it, when it's not that anymore, I'm here in my trailer being infinitely pleased, you know, with my life. Uh, so it's that challenge again, that dilemma of don't I want more money? Don't you, you know, don't I want this? Don't I want that? It's like, yes. And if I follow that from the external desires, it's chasing it as opposed to having it and being it. And what we're all moving towards is moving away from having it, which is very low vibration. I have to have it. I have to have it. I have to. If I'm not, I don't have it. I'm going to die to um, doing it, like jobs or whatever, to being it. And the the more that we awaken the more we're able to be it versus seeking it.
0: And that's, for me, really fun to practice the being it. That's so interesting. I love the words you use and how you describe it because lately my soul has been just seeking to go somewhere more in nature than these suburban neighborhoods because I just find so much peace and serenity with more nature and birds. And I've always just had this connection. And it's not that I have to have it. It's that I actually wanna be it for the first time. I want to be that nature. i want to raise i want to raise my little daughter to be that nature it's the first time i've ever thought about moving which is insane because i've moved way too many times not because i want something better or bigger it's because it aligns with who i want to be beautiful beautiful Mm -hmm. mandy that's awesome i live on the orchid island i've been there and it is so amazing
1: (laughs) but i live on uh, 10 acres So even though I live in a travel trailer, I I have 10 acres of land, which is, again, that that difference between having and being, right? That beingness, immersed in this experience is so much more valuable than what the dwelling looks like.
2: How can we be content and just be? Is it the connection with what pleases you infinitely? As humans, especially Americans, we always want more. We always feel like we don't have enough and, and all these things. But yet my, even having infinite money won't necessarily make you happy. Like what, whatever maybe you spend the money on, you know, like going on vacations or buying 10 acres,
1: right. But the money itself is really not infinitely pleasing. The money is just the vehicle. The job is just the vehicle. When people come to me for coaching and they say what I work around on, I'll give you guys in your, in your uh, audience, the four questions. If you can do these four questions, you can coach yourself to a large degree. First question is, what do you want? And people will say, I want more money or I want a better job or I want a boyfriend or I want a husband or I want whatever we want. I want a house. Okay, great. What will you have when you have that house? And they'll go, well, I'll have this. And I go, well, what's the quality of the experience? Like, how are you being in, in that place of infinite, what's infinitely pleasing about having that? And now they can embody that now we're experiencing that state of being that is infinitely pleasing. Now we're experiencing that sense of love or connection or, or expansion or delight or playfulness or innocence or creativity, right? Now we're in it, right? That's the state of being. So that's the first question that I ask people. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? They want that state of being, but they think it's in the money. They think it's in the doing of, you know, if I do this, 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 they think that that state of being resides in that. But when we get, and this is what we started out by saying is how do you get to that place of practicing that state of being? The first question then, or the second question would be what's in the way of having that state of being? Well, I think I need to have the money. Well, I think my mother said I wanted this, or if I disappoint my mother doing this, or if I do that, my, my husband or my children will, all of those interpretations, it's like, here's what I want, and then the, the first, the second question is, what's in the way of that? And people will go, here's what's in the way, here's what's in the way, here's what's in the way, here's what's in the way. 90% of it, 99% of it is right here. It's our interpretations and our judgments and assessments. Third question is, what needs to shift? Pretty simple, right? (laughs) Pretty simple. Here's what I want. I want this state of being. When we think about Christmas, what do we want? That state of being. We don't care if it's, if we get, if somebody gives us this most beautiful thing, we're having the experience of receiving this beautiful, somebody got me, right? I love that feeling that somebody got me. That's what I want. It could be a poem, just that they showed up or they called or I texted, that's that since I got, got it. So that quality of experience is what we're all wanting. What's in the way of that? And what needs to shift to eliminate those obstacles? And when we start to do that, we start to see, oh, if I let this go, I start to align with my higher truth. I get to know what my higher truth is. Even for people to say, here's what I want. There's an awakening because a lot of people won't let themselves know what they want. They'll say, Well, this is what my mother wants, this is what my husband wants, this is what my children want. What needs to shift? Not what will I shift, not what has to shift, but what what needs to shift so that I can actually have this embodied experience of this fullness? It's there's no there's it's neutral question. It's just a matter of linear pragmatics, right? But the fourth question is, what will I practice? What will you practice? Now david hawkins who's another one of my favorite teachers so the three the three biggies are big is the oneness A course in miracles and david hawkins work and uh, i've been working with a book of his lately called healing and recovery if you haven't mandy if you haven't seen it it's phenomenal but if you haven't it's amazing it's a real culmination of all of his work as far as i'm concerned what he says is, is just the most simplest thing. There's nothing to do. And, and again, this Course in Miracles, there's nothing to do. You need to do nothing. You will be told what to do, right? That's the, the message in the Course in Miracles. David Hawkins says, stop doing what doesn't work. Stop doing what isn't in alignment with your highest truth, your highest knowing. You don't have to know what to do. And that's, that's why most of us stop awakening, because we don't know how to do it. And that's the transformative process. In a sense, we don't know what to do. We don't know the caterpillar doesn't know how to make a cocoon, you know? It doesn't know how to, it doesn't know anything, but it stops doing that cocoon, uh, that caterpillar thing. It just stops doing that caterpillar thing and starts doing something else. And and again, in the the analogy of the gaming, it's like, stop thinking like the beginner and start thinking differently. But we don't know how to do that, but just stop thinking that way. Stop thinking that I have to do this to get that. That's part of that consensus view of reality. I have to stop, mm-hmm. stop believing that if I be something else, people will love me. Mm-hmm. My daughter loves, she's 44. She loves listening to Tony Robbins and Brene Brown. And that offends me <laughs> personally. <laughs>
0: Um, I like Shame Shields by Brene Brown, but I do like that book by her. I've I've never actually listened to Tony Robbins. Okay. But the funny thing is, so
1: I'm not saying anything about them because they're awesome, right? But when she likes them, what does that say about me? Because she's not listening to my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So it's being willing to look at that though and say, okay, I think I'm less because my daughter listens to them and not to me. And she'll go, mom, you've got your own audience. Like, I'm not your audience, you're great. You're not my guru, basically. These are my gurus. It's like, okay, great. But my heart and my, what I'm attached to in having her approval or having her, this is the having piece, right? It, it's like, okay, I gotta stop that
0: because yeah. it's
1: not in alignment with my highest truth, my highest knowing, and my, it's not in alignment with my highest contribution. So I don't Mm. have to do anything different, but just stop doing what doesn't work. Yoda says, train yourself to let go of what you're afraid to lose. Train yourself to let go of what you're afraid to lose. So I I use that all the time, but the the most important thing, and this comes up over and over again in the book I've arrived, which is the, the newest book, is I have trained myself and trained myself and trained myself to let go of what doesn't work. Those perceptions, those orientations, the programmings, the patternings that I didn't even know existed 10 years ago. But because when we keep up leveling, again, like any gaming, we don't know what's up there. We don't know how to do any of that because we don't even know it exists up there yet. And maybe the gamers don't even know the people who are creating those games, they don't even know yet, right? I, I absolutely love your gaming theory
2: because it's like the most presence you can possibly experience when you're gaming. You can't really go back. You wouldn't want to, like you said, and you have no idea what's coming. You know, when you're talking about the training, I actually took a quote from your book. I mean, I didn't even get past the first paragraph before I actually was like, oh, I love this. I'll just read it. It says, I, train my, I trained
1: myself to see me the way that God sees me. That's right. And like I said, here I am way into this practice way into this process of awakening or arriving, as I put it. I've arrived. Well, sort of, because now I'm back into this. My daughter loves those people and she doesn't, you know. So we're always, always at the next level of, oh, here's that. And that's the challenge, the dilemma of always going, okay, this is not infinitely pleasing to have this sense of Benet Brown is better than me, right? But that's my sense. I want to have what she has, I think. I don't know if I want that level of, of fame, because then I, don't, I lose my anonymity, right? I don't know. So I start looking at that in terms of going, I feel like I lack that. So now I'm back into that question of lack. Oh, do I really lack anything? No. I've got an amazingly beautiful life. Very simple. Mm-hmm. I have a serenity that I've worked my lifetime to get to. But- yeah when those things come up like whoa it's like hmm is that true you know and then now we look at byron katie's work is that true that i'm missing out or i lack something yeah that i'm wanting that i believe i don't have and i and Mm. so there's an and there's an up leveling of our intelligence this has really been an important element of my work as well is we don't utilize the intelligence that we actually have this is for me the importance of having a, a, a thinking partner or a life coach that can expand one's consciousness, but expand one's intelligence by saying, you know, is that true that what she has is what you want? Is that really true? Now I get to think about it. Now I have a thinking partner that's going to help me distinguish what does she have that I want? What am I, what do I believe I'm lacking? And if I was this, I would not feel this way. If I you know, that that state of being again. If I, When I am in that state of alignment, I lack nothing. I don't need to be her. I don't even need to, you know, reference her. I like me. I like who I am. I like my message. And it's that for every single one of us to, to be able to go, wait, I'm not her. I feel like I lack something because I'm not her. But the truth is I'm not honoring this life i'm not valuing this life this experience that this came into to have right
0: yeah
1: does that make sense i oh, can
0: absolutely
1: and to revere this and find the sacred precious moment because this
0: is what is mine mm-hmm. be in yeah. this life And don't you think acceptance plays into that as well? Because as you were talking, I was thinking about like, and we've talked about this on a podcast before, that my son would go over to Shanna's house and he would just like have these amazing deep conversations with her. And then he comes home and just walks past me and is like, what's for dinner? And I wasn't getting any of that. Now, my ego could have gotten jealous. But what I did was just go, no, I've tried to have these conversations with him too. It's okay because he receives from her and, and not from me. And I'm still great. And I, I have a lot of the same things that, that, to say to him that she does. It's just, he's receiving from her and that's fine. And accepting that and knowing, okay, you know what? I'm just glad he's receiving from someone. That's right. And there are those
1: who are receiving from you. I've got nieces that receive from me, you know, that, and, and nephews that receive from me. And it's like, okay she my daughter has hers where she goes and they come to you know it's like everybody is open but to acknowledge and accept there's that part of me goes yeah but what about me you know i want you know and 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 appreciate and value that too as yeah yeah you know we totally get it and have some compassion for that part that wants. i want that with my daughter you want that with your son and it's okay to want that and the acceptance that You know you may not get it and that's okay and you know this is the the importance of the serenity prayer right grant Mm -hmm. me the serenity to accept what i cannot change Mm -hmm. to change the things i can what i can change is i can let go of that attachment to having it i can want it but i can let go of have the courage to let go of the attachment to having it Mm-hmm. And the, wis- the wisdom is the cultivating intelligence and that's the important element I think mm-hmm. of so much of the 12-step programs is we have a capacity to increase the in- accessibility of intelligence versus beliefs
2: mm-hmm. I'm having very psychic moments with you right now by the way I, you keep on saying things that I'm thinking like uh, 30 seconds, you know, can, have you ever done that? I do that all the time in meditations, you know, yeah. during the meditation, I'm thinking something. And then she says that, you know, or whatever that's happening right now, especially about the spiritual intelligence. So I wanted to talk about that more, which yeah. you are, how do we suggest to somebody who wants to receive it? What are they missing? How can they get there?
1: People will say, oh, I want this. I, you know, a lot of my clients will come in and say, I want this but they're not really clear. It's like, oh, I want that. I want that spiritual thing, okay? It's like, what will you have when you have that? So I begin to ground it, put roots on that, okay? What is it that you want that you think you'll have if you have the spiritual thing? And now they have to get clear about their convictions, their devotion, their sense of self. The What is it that you really want? Goes to everything. Yeah. That's that's right. I love it. People will say, oh, I want that. What will you have if you have that? Now we're getting into a serious conversation. People go, oh, you know, and they'll just kind of blow it off. It's like, okay, just blow it off. I don't, I'm not attached. You're on your journey. I love you're on your journey. I bless you on your journey and I'm on mine. So if you want what I've got, you want what Mandy's got. If you want what Shannon's just, you got to call us and say. I want what you got and now i know you're serious and I, i'm willing to invest myself in that whatever that means so but if you don't ask that question what will you have if you get that spiritually whatever stuff nobody's going to really get down there unless they're in, in suffering <laughs> suffering and in pain
2: oh and then it's what's in your way and then
1: what are you willing to shift and then what will you practice it doesn't it isn't what will you willing be to shift because okay. because now you're 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 asking them to commit to something you're just okay. having a conversation oh i want uh, the daffodils to bloom okay what what's in the way of daffodils blooming well i i haven't actually planted the bulbs yet okay. okay right i actually have to put some dirt in a pot so that i can okay what else is in the way um I have to actually make the time to do that okay great what needs to you know so those are the obstacles i don't have the pot i don't have the bulbs i don't have okay great what needs to shift i need Mm. to make time or whatever that is that's still neutral there's no commitment there's not what are you doing wrong or what's got you know it's like it's just very pragmatic conversation takes the emotional stuff out of the way right
0: let me ask you a question what if what they want is for someone else Because I've had a few people recently come to me and and we had a guest on who said, you ask people what makes your heart hurt, what makes your heart break, and whatever they say is their passion. So I asked my son, Connor, what makes your heart break? And he said, the way we treat nature and the way we're destroying nature. And I said, well, then that's your soul's purpose. Now go make a life with that as your mission. And he was like, Oh my God, mom. Like he was so excited that he, you know, connected with that. But then I asked like four other people and what they wanted was for others. I want people that are suffering in pain, not to hurt. And then another one that I have a lot that comes to me is they have lost children. So they want this spiritual thing because they want to be able to feel closer and more connected to their child that they've lost on the other side.
1: It's the same process, but we stay present to, say, uh, the person asks, you, you ask that person and they say, I want uh, my children to be more in alignment with their own truth, blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. What will you have when they have this? What will you have, Mandy, when your son is in living in his passion? What will you have when that's happening?
0: I would have just happiness and peace knowing he's doing what his soul's purpose is excellent so we've now taken it off what they're
1: about and what will it give you what do you get from them having that right right so you'll get peace and joy and fulfillment because they're living their truth yeah living closer to in connection with it's like you get this okay great What needs to shift, Mandy, in this moment, so tiny little coaching moment, what needs to shift in you to allow your son to have more of that? Just allowing him the space to be his authentic self. Excellent. So let's just go with that. So we ask, what do you want? You go peace, fulfillment. That's what I want. That's what I'll have when he's this. What needs to shift? I just need to make more space for that. And the third question is, then what do you need to shift?
0: And you'd said, what? To my expectations and allow him that space to be his authentic self. Beautiful. So I need to shift the way that I'm doing
1: things. I'll just sort of reiterate, how do I do things? I have to watch my observations, my judgments, the where that I might be limiting. So I have to cultivate more awareness of how I'm being in myself that may be limiting him. Okay. So the fourth question, what will you do? What will you practice? To make those shifts? I would say I'd practice impermanence. So impermanence, let's just stop there for a second. What does that actually mean to practice? What will you practice? Like think about incremental that I can mm-hmm. see and know that what that means in, in your daily life.
0: Okay. Allowing him to make his own decisions and choices mm-hmm. and accepting that change when I give him that freedom to do that.
1: Excellent yeah that non-attachment too great so he may do something that you don't approve of or that you resist but you can go oh oh there it is i need to that's the thing that i do that's in the way of him having more expansive okay oh there it is so in this process of just those four things here's what i want this is what i want for him this is what i get for me here's what's in the way here's what i need to shift Here's what I'll practice. Oh, that's the hard one. He's doing that, I don't think it. Now what do I do?
0: Yeah, it's always the action piece, the practice piece that's so hard Dude, for us humans. That's amazing.
2: <laughs> Dude, I'm like blown away, Rosie. I'm just like mesmerized right now. I love this because the way I was watching both of you guys talking about that, what really shift was that how he was making her feel and then it ended up what she was going to do was practice not being attached to the original feeling that she was feeling, even if it's happiness or not happiness. That's right. She was that's focusing right. back inside into herself.
1: That's right, and that's <sighs> that's smart. That's the everyday <laughs> enlightened. You know, I I, I uh, my tagline is enlightened living. You know, cultivating enlightened living, and um, in that. We have to do that every day. We have to do that in every moment. And people go, oh, forget that. I'm not doing that. It's like, okay, I'm not attached. You are on your path again. I love you. I bless you. Keep doing what you're doing when you're ready. We got some wonderful people, Shanna, Mandy, and others in the world who are ready to receive you when you are ready. You're awesome.
2: You know, we had a guest on who had the first two steps anyways, as part of the process of manifesting. I mean, this, these, these four things just right here, I mean, for everything.
1: That's right.
2: I may like put posters of them all over my walls. Like Mandy does little, little post but I might make like posters.
1: It's <laughs> awesome. When people are whining, I'll go, what do you want? Well, I want the problem to go away. What do you want? What will he, what will you have when that problem goes away? Awesome. See, what's what do you have? Okay
0: so i wanted to challenge something really fast and i think it's just it's just verbage. i'm getting um hic, hiccuped on and i'm being i'm gonna be a perfect example of actually what i'm about to say is sometimes we overthink things okay so i'm overthinking something you said sometimes people need more intelligence i'm thinking sometimes people need less intelligence because i believe that an awakening actually starts with just learning to be Because if we overthink trying to jump into this spiritual journey and awakening, we're like trying to plan it out and follow these steps. I don't know if it's the same for you, but I found when I just quieted my mind and I learned to just be, and it was okay, it all just happens.
1: That's right. So when you overthink things, are you actually utilizing intelligence or something else?
0: Something else, but I don't know what to call it. (laughs) Ego? I don't know. Spiritual (laughs)
1: intelligence. Well, spiritual intelligence is that place that goes, oh, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to have. There's only this moment to be. That's a spiritual intelligence. That's the utilization of intelligence, period, from my perspective. And And you can't find it in a book. book. (laughs) But when we're thinking about things, now we're utilizing interpretations. 99% of our thinking is interpretations. It is not the brilliance and the genius that is in the heart, period. Yeah. How do I know that? Because I do this all the time. <laughs> and I have to go, stop. This is not intelligent. Do right. you know that 80% of our thoughts are negative in thinking? Is that intelligent to keep doing that? I don't think so. 95 5% of what we think is repetitive. There's no intelligence in that.
0: That is not intelligence. We are yeah. dumb. We are <laughs> <We're> dumb. <laughs> no, we really are. I think about that a lot. And you know, I was dumb and I kept going into the, uh, to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and staring at those 12 steps and overthinking and overanalyzing. And then finally, when I just went back in desperate, you know, on the brinks of death, I sat there and I, 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 I was just there. And guess what? It's stuck. That's right. Stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Thinking, thinking, thinking. Yep. And what yeah. they're doing in that, in that consensus view of reality is the stinking thinking 90%, yeah. 95% of what we're thinking is repetitive. 80% is negative in nature. And that was one of the most, uh, uh when you guys asked me what, where was one of the awakening moments? It's like, That's something I can do is if I'm thinking 80% of the time, negative thoughts, I can start looking at and seeing where those negative thoughts. Oh, there's a negative thought, right? Oh, there's a negative thought. I can look, I can notice that and I can begin to change that so that I'm taking that 80% and dropping it down. All I have to do is stop Mm -hmm. that. I don't have to train myself to, oh, look at the pretty flowers. Oh, look at the daffodils or whatever. Just stop. Doing what doesn't work. Negative thinking, not on the spirit. I mean, it's part of the spiritual path because it's always coming yeah. up.
0: But it's that, it's that whole definition of insanity. Uh, you know, I learned that too. And I, it's insanity is when you keep doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results. Okay. <laughs> and there you go, Shanna. We all do it. Why are we so dumb? <laughs> it's
1: that we're, it's not that we're dumb. It's yeah. that we're committed to staying safe. And the way that we believe it, we're, you know, it's we're committed to the fear model. And that is from our survival mechanism and our egoic, that's smart to stay safe and survive. That's just a commitment, but we have to, if we're gonna start uh, the process of a spiritual path, we have to go, okay, I have to start thinking differently. I have to start looking at things differently to to start Mm -hmm. to build, from a neural pathway thing, a different pathway, but a spiritual yeah. journey takes you each of us on our own individual path. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to do that one little tiny step at a time. So it's not that we're dumb, yeah. it's just that we're committed to something that consensus view of reality says that's the way. You yeah. guys know the experience actually is this is not the way. And so you yeah. guys each holding your own truth and being the beacon for that and saying, you guys, every single one of us has our own path. And you guys are holding the staff saying, follow your own bliss as Joseph Campbell says. We all know it.
0: You are very wise and and I'm gonna thank you now. So thank you for what you've received and sharing it with us.
1: You're so welcome.
0: Yeah, I feel like we could talk forever. But by the way, we do love cuss words. And now it's time for break that shit down. I want
1: every single person to know, truly know, and to tap into that direct experience of the knowing that you've all had, of experiencing that uh, truth, that, that you know who you are in there. You know the delight. You know what the experience of that infinitely pleasingness of being you and and really embrace that more and more and more. Keep coming back to that knowing of the infinitely pleasingness of your existence, and keep
0: feeding and nurturing that. And you're gonna have a lot of fun, ish. Please come on again. It'd be an honor to have you on Sense of Soul again. Just tell
1: me when, and I will be here because I love talking with you guys. You're great. Oh
0: my gosh, this has been amazing. Where can our listeners find you?
1: Um, They can find me. My website is theparadigmshifts.com. You can Google me. That's really easy. Dr. Rosie Kuhn, K-U-H-N. I have a YouTube channel with tons of videos, uh, mostly related to this kind of stuff. That YouTube channel is called Dr. Rosie Kuhn, K-U-H-N. But all Thursdays right now at five o'clock Pacific time, I'll be doing live videos on spiritual dilemmas, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. Is these dilemmas. Rosie, thank
2: you so much for your wisdom. I mean, I feel like a student, you definitely expanded my spiritual intelligence today and I appreciate you very much.
0: You're welcome. Yeah. I keep thinking of uh, Super Mario Brothers. You helped us like go up one of those tunnels to the next level. And now I'm, yes. I'm jumping on top of a mushroom and connect. And, I mean, whoa, maybe there's something to Super Mario's and the mushrooms. <laughs> pick up Rosie's book I've arrived well sort of and all my books (laughs) are
1: on Amazon so you can check them out on my website but also they're all on Amazon so thank you all right Mm -hmm.
2: thanks for being with us today we hope you will come back next week if you like what you hear don't forget to rate like and subscribe thank you we rise to lift you up thanks for listening